1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrack, and today we're helping to end the stigma around disability and shine some light on an incredible family and an inspirational mom of five who has written a children's book called See Me for Me. And there it is. It's such a wonderful book. And you're also going to meet a fantastic person, our editor for findingyourbliss.com magazine, Lauren Kaminsky, coming up very soon. Also, later on in the show, we will meet a super talented singer-songwriter, Julia Simon, who will be singing us out of the show today. And I should mention here that I met both of these wonderful guests on Jake's Sunday Zoom Jam, led by the angelic Ellen Schwartz in memory of her beautiful son, Jacob Schwartz. Each week, really for the past two years of COVID, there's been, and it's still ongoing, an online Zoom concert with phenomenal people of all ages and abilities. And as Ellen says, where there is music, there is love. And where there is love, there is hope. So I met our first guest, Dana Gill, with her beautiful daughter, Taylor, who sings each week on the jam. And they both will be performing a duet later on in the segment. But first... Let me tell you a little bit more about Dana Gill. Dana, as mentioned, is a mother of five. She's a former teacher and the founder of a national children's charity called Three to Be. Dana wrote See Me for Me as a labor of love for her children. And she is extremely passionate about getting this book, this beautiful, colorful, wonderful children's book into classrooms all across the country and beyond because of the importance of teaching empathy and inclusion from an early age. Dana's inspiration is her children, Taylor, Cole, and Brody, who live every single day to the fullest while facing tremendous challenges. As a former elementary school teacher, Dana knows what makes a great story and the importance of follow-up when reading a book With an important message to your classroom. Finally, Dana was also the founder and executive director of a national charitable organization that raised over $5 million and significant awareness for children with neurological disorders. 3 to B was also inspired by her amazing children. Dana, welcome to Finding Your Bliss.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Dana, I remember seeing Taylor for the first time at David Mervish's CAA Theater for Jake's Jam. And that was in memory of Jacob Schwartz. And Taylor was dressed in a beautiful, white, sparkly, tulle dress, like a little bride, like a fairy princess. And she sang on stage with Asia, And my daughter, Lily, was part of that concert as well. And a lot of the Jake's Jam regular singers. And this was completely in person before COVID. Yes. And I remember being blown away by your beautiful daughter, Taylor. So for our audience, can you just tell us about your memories of that very magical night? It was
2: so beautiful. I mean, especially now looking back, you appreciate those moments so much more because we have been, you know, so isolated because of COVID. And it was one of those things I'll always, always remember. It was the first time that. Uh, Taylor danced on stage like this. She had been in dance recitals before because she absolutely loves performing. Um, but this was different. There was something just so much more magical about it because it was all in honor of Jacob. Everyone who shared the stage was just so phenomenal and talented. like your daughter Lily is she blows me away all the time. And you know, seeing Taylor on stage, dancing with Asia and Paige, the other dancer, it was just so special it was so special so taylor for those who don't know so she's in a wheelchair um she drives a power chair and um she controls it using her head actually so when people think about dance you know they don't necessarily think of people in wheelchairs but they should because taylor just shines when she's on stage and she loves she loves it so very much
1: She's so beautiful. Also, when she sings, there's something about her face. I think she, I mean, she's done many beautiful songs, but I think once she did the song Beautiful, and I'm not sure if it was the Christine Mm -hmm. Aguilera version, but I remember looking at her face, which like mother, like daughter, she's beautiful. (laughs) And and her face was sort of upturned. Like it was actually lifted up like in this. She just looked angelic and beautiful. And as I was listening to the words, I thought, I've never heard the lyrics so true because she is beautiful. And when she was Thank singing you. it, that's all I kept thinking about was, wow, this is, I think, maybe one of my favorite versions I've ever heard of yeah. that, a cover of that song. Aww. You are a former teacher, as we've mentioned, mm-hmm. and the charity that you started, 3 to B, was inspired by your triplets, Taylor Cole and Brady. Can you tell us about the organization 3 to B and what it's all about?
2: Yeah. So 3 to be was a real labor of love. Um, It was inspired by my kids. So Taylor Cole and Brody, they were born extremely prematurely on January 1st, 2008. They were born at 25 weeks and five days gestation. So six and a half months. So extremely early. And they were in the NICU for a very, very long time. They were in the hospital for the first nine months of their life. Um, And When they came home, they weren't reaching their milestones on time. And we were doing every kind of intervention that you could imagine under the sun to help them just be the best they can be, whatever that was going to be. We didn't know at the time that they had disabilities. Um, So we just did everything that we could for them. And uh, just before they were two, at about a year and a half, they were diagnosed with cerebral palsy, which is a neurological disorder that if Essentially, affects the way your body moves. And some people who have this diagnosis are mildly affected, while others are more affected. And my kids were were dealt a very challenging hand. So all three of them are in wheelchairs. They require help with you know everything that people just take for granted, like feeding themselves and going to the washroom themselves. And if they have a scratch on their head. They need you to help them do that. Um, but at the same time. They have all of these challenges. However, they are the most positive and beautiful and just incredible people you'll ever meet. And I'm not just saying that because I'm their mom, but because I've never met anyone with such beautiful spirits as my children. And, you know, as a mother, I just always wanted to do anything and everything for them. And that's kind of how 3 to be was born. So I was looking at what types of therapies and treatments were out there. And stem cell research was something that was so incredibly cool. And um, it it had the most potential to actually help kids like my kids. So I tried to get them into a clinical trial that was happening at Duke University in the States. Uh And unfortunately, we didn't meet the protocol standards. So Sick Kids Hospital, which is World renowned. It's right in our backyard here in Toronto. Um, I wanted to find out what they were doing there in terms of research for kids with neurological disorders. And although they had all these ambitions of doing stuff, money was such a thing that was holding them back, the funding towards it. And so we decided in, this was back in 2010, to hold a fundraiser. And we called it Three to Be. It was inspired by my children. Wow. And it was just a fund, it was just a fundraiser to see what we can do. We raised half a million dollars in that first year. Wow. Uh, Yeah, a thousand people came out. We had it at the cool house. It was hosted by Global. It was just the most incredible event. And we thought, okay, we're really onto something here. We can do something really special. And so that inspired us becoming a registered charity. And we had a board of directors. I became the executive director before I was a teacher. So my whole role, you know, changed with my my kids. And um, we raised money for neurological disorders in kids. So funding programs and innovative research initiatives. Wow. And in eight years, we raised over $5 million, which... Wow yeah I could have never imagined that would be something we would be able to do, but with the support of the community and the amazing people that were involved um, and the inspiration, my children, it was something that just came together so beautifully. And we closed the doors at the end of 2017 after having such incredible impact, and yeah, we were very proud of everything that came out of that. so
1: I, I have to back to that's such an incredible mm-hmm. story and and thank you for thank sharing you. that and but I have to just say there's something about you and, I, and, I, and our, so our listeners can't see you. So I'm going to tell them what, what I'm seeing. So she's got this gorgeous blonde hair and this beautiful, beautiful face. And there's always a smile on your face and your hair is always perfect. So I wonder <laughs> how you do that. Uh, I think you're just born that way. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> mine means a lot of work. I'm, I'm no. impressed. And, uh, Thank you. I marvel at the fact that you are actually the mother of Five children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me and too. I, I still don't know how I have five that's kids, but pretty awesome. And so, I Thank my you. question is: You talk about your children's spirit, and I see that in all of them. Mm-hmm. But what is it about your spirit and your strength? Because there's something about you and your sunny disposition that I think is absolutely. Integral to all of this,
3: oh. being
1: so successful, and you and you just being the most positive person I've ever met. Oh. And how do you do that? Is that something you've had to work at consciously, or is that just you?
2: Oh, wow. Well, thank you, first of all. Um, you know, I think growing up, I lived a beautiful childhood with my wonderful parents and my my brothers, and everything was kind of like I always say this. It was like a bubble. I I had a bubble life in a way where. Nothing went wrong, like, yeah, of course, little things that kids deal with and teenagers deal with, and then when I was in my twenties, and you know I got married and was a teacher, and everything was kind of following this path that I was on, um, and then, when my kids came, and i I was always a positive person, that's kind of my nature i've always been that way. But when you're faced with a challenging situation that really kind of throws you off of your path that you are on, and you kind of like, you know, you imagine what your life's going to look like, and then something happens, and it changes the way your life looks, it kind of rattles you. And you don't know how you're going to deal with it and how you're going to face adversity and things that happen to you. But um, I think that being on this journey with my kids and facing things that I would have never imagined myself or my children growing through, it has made me a lot stronger. It's given me this thicker skin that I don't think I had before because I don't think I would have been able to deal with things that I've dealt with. But because of my kids and because of the challenges they face and how they deal with it, because you think that I deal with it well, you should see them. Like They just blow me away all the time when we are in the hospital for surgeries that you know people might have in their lifetime maybe one they've had so many I, it's just for them they just roll with it and have a good attitude and how can i feel badly or be sad or any of those things if my kids can get through it and obviously don't get me wrong i have my days i definitely allow myself to have my days and cry and you know be sad sometimes. Um, but I think most of the time just looking at my kids and everything they've been through, I just find inspiration from them and it gets me through.
1: It's incredible. You created this wonderful book that I'm holding in my hands here called see me for me. This was really your brainchild. How did it all come to be and what inspired you to write it?
2: Wow. So I mean, I, because of my background with teaching and running this charity as well, I almost feel, and being a mom, it's brought it all together with this book. So I wrote this book because over the years, having three children with disabilities, other parents and friends and people, they they have children themselves. And they always ask me if there's any good books out there for that teach kids about kids with disabilities. Because in my opinion... As a parent and as a teacher, the best way to start conversation is to read a book to them. And so I have read really cute books over the years about differences. And, you know, for example, like Robert Munch Zoom about a wheelchair that moves really fast. So if you have a kid in your class with a wheelchair, it's a good thing to introduce with. But the difference with my book and these other books is that it's based on real people. So it's this fun, colorful, playful book. But yes. it's about three real people who face, you know, all these challenges. And the whole point of it is to teach kids that yes, they are in wheelchairs. Yes, they have this equipment, but at the end of the day, they're just kids like everybody else and they want to be loved and they want to be accepted and they want to have friends and do all the fun things and talk about also the passions that they have. Like we're talking about Taylor with dance and singing. It's in there. And my son Cole, who loves to play video games and my son Brody who loves swimming and you know so it's 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 all in there and I think it's been a really great introduction for children to learn about people with disabilities in a way that's not intimidating it gives them license to ask questions um because I think that's been my favorite part of it all is all the questions that come out of it when I do book readings for schools and when teachers tell me that they read it to their class and the questions that the kids ask They're so cool. And it just makes them more accepting and empathetic in the
1: end. I love that all of these different threads came together. Like, it's so interesting. And like, I feel that that's so much about your purpose and your bliss when you take your talents and your gifts and your knowledge and your expertise and your experience and you put them all together. And I really do see that with this book. Also, I love the illustrations. Who did those gorgeous, colorful illustrations for you? you?
2: So this, this guy named Nugraha, and um, actually because of COVID, everything is online, right? I, I When I wrote this, I wrote it back in 2019. I kind of put it on the shelf. I didn't do anything with it until 2020 when <laughs> life changed. <laughs> yes. And I decided I was going to kind of source everything myself because... Why not? I have, I'm home. I have time to do this. And so I found this wonderful man named Nugraha, who's an illustrator, on on an app, actually. I put wow. up an ad. I told, I said what I was looking for. And all these different illustrators submitted different illustrations from what I asked of them. And his was were my favorite. So I chose him. And yeah, we've wow. we've been doing everything through online, which is amazing. So
1: Isn't it amazing what we can accomplish? It's so true. Like this show, this show used to be, you know, just filmed out of Zoomer radio and it was so easy. We would breeze down and, and instead of stopping the production, we just kept it going virtually. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of lovely because it still, of course, airs on Zoomer and it's packaged at Zoomer, but we do it in my home office. And this way we yeah. can connect with people from all over the world. So it's it's really an amazing thing what you can achieve. That's
2: life, right? Every, you just got to roll with it. You got to go with the flow. And yes. it takes you sometimes to a more beautiful place than you would have ended up.
1: So, Absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely true. Why is see me, for me, so important for children to read at a very early age? Yeah, that's that's a good question. So
2: I think that children are naturally accepting. And naturally good. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you teach them about something, it can be any topic at all, um, at an early age, they are way more likely to be open to it, to be understanding. And then that way they can apply whatever they learn when they're young to when they're older. And so I think it's very, very important for little ones who are kind of this blank slate Mm. to learn about real people Yes. From an early age, so that's why I thought it was so important. And like I said before, the questions they ask, like some people might actually get offended, I guess, by some of the questions they ask me because they just come from a place of of not understanding and maybe not meeting someone in a wheelchair, right? And so, it's not offensive. It's actually the opposite. It's really good for them to ask, so that way they're asking somebody who um, has experience mm-hmm. and and yeah,
1: it, it's, it's. Sure. And can demystify, a, and then correct. you can demystify yes. it and you can destigmatize it and just make it real. And, and, and they're open and they're, they're accepting because they're little. That's so, that's such a great explanation. And I, I see this is so important to do it when kids are young and when they're in that wonderful receptive state. Exactly. And what are your dreams, Dana, and ultimate dreams and goals for this book?
2: Uh, I have a lot, actually. I know it's just a picture book and uh, people might view it as that. But really, I think because it gives license for kids to ask questions, it is a just a beautiful way for them to have a better understanding of people with disabilities. So my goal for this book is for it to be in classrooms across the country, um, to be a part of the curriculum in some way. Um, and I'm even now starting to speak to different school boards and we'll see what happens. But I am really, really hopeful that it's going to be in the classroom and a part of, you know, all the shelves in the classroom for teachers to read to their students and also for parents to be able to sit down with their kids and and read it to them as well.
1: Cause it's so great. As mentioned off the top, I see you almost every week on Jake's Sunday Zoom Jam. I don't think you guys have ever missed a week, in fact, uh, is what I've heard. And I think that's true. Um, Can you tell us how Jake's Jam has helped you and Taylor and all of your whole family in the last two years of COVID?
2: So Ellen Schwartz, who, as you said, she's just beyond. She's such a beautiful human. So she brought every she brought people together through music with Jake before COVID. And then once um, we, in 2020, when everything was locked down, she decided to move everything over to Zoom, just like you. And (laughs) it was the most beautiful thing because everyone was so isolated in their own homes. And it was a chance to have everyone come together on Sundays, every single Sunday, you know, you had something to look forward to. And it was such a beautiful thing, a bonding experience for my kids to be able to come. So the boys originally weren't a part of it, but They became a part of it because they love that sense of community as well. But Taylor and I singing together every week has been so special. My daughter is so passionate about music and performing and all of that. And it's been so nice to see her do it on her own and to do it with her has been such a gift. I am definitely not a singer, (laughs) professional singer, but I just Uh love it. And it's just so much fun. And it's such a beautiful way for people to come together. and it's the best you know yeah
1: it's the best well there's a beautiful cover of you and taylor singing count on me can you set (laughs) this song up for us
2: sure so count on me the words are just so perfect for how i feel about my kids and uh yeah here's taylor and i singing it together
1: let's have a listen Mm -hmm.
4: stuck in the middle of the sea I'll sail the world to find you and if you ever find yourself lost in the dark and you can't see I'll be the light that guides you find out what we're made of when we are called to help our friends and me you can and i know when i need it i can count on you like four three two you'll be there because that's what friends are supposed to do oh yeah Ooh. ooh. You can count three, two three like And I know when I need it, I can count yeah. on you like four, three, two, and you'll be there. Because that's what friends are supposed to do, oh yeah, ooh. Ooh, 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 you'll count on me because I can count on you.
1: Wow, that was so beautiful, Dana and Taylor. I love that. Oh my God. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. What is bliss for Dana Gill? Wow. Honestly, I think just
2: being grateful for what you have and appreciating the little things in life because it's those little things
1: that are just so important. So true and so beautifully said. What is the best way for people to contact you, connect with you on social media? And most importantly, how can they purchase this beautiful book, See Me for Me?
2: Thank you. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at Dana Giel. So spelt out D-A-N-A-G-E-A-L-L. And to purchase the book, there are two ways you can do it. One way is on my website, See Me For Me, spelt out S-E-E-M-E-F-O-R-M-E.ca. Um, and you can purchase the book there and also on Amazon if you search it. It's also available there.
1: That's so awesome. I want to thank you so much, Dana and Taylor, for being on the show today. It really was lovely having you here. And I know I'm going to be seeing you in a few days. So <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> thank
2: thank you. you so much for having me.
1: We're going to go on a short commercial break. When we come back, you're going to meet the editor of the Finding Your Bliss magazine and much more. And her name is Lauren Kaminsky. Back in a moment. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're now joined by Lauren Kaminsky and I can't wait to tell you all about her. Lauren Kaminsky is a freelance journalist, social media specialist and a crochet artist from Toronto. She is also the editor of Finding Your Bliss magazine and the Finding Your Bliss Friday newsletter. She's a sponsored content contributing writer for Narsity, Canada Studio, a full-time social media specialist, and she even runs a part-time crochet business. Passionate about telling Canadian stories, she graduated from Ryerson in 2021 with a degree in journalism and a French minor, so we have that in common as well because I did a graduate journalism degree there. And while she was at Ryerson, she was the featured editor of new wave magazine and has experienced both freelancing and working in public relations when she is offline lauren can be found crocheting watering her numerous houseplants, or cuddling up with a good book lauren welcome to finding your bliss
5: thank you judy i'm so happy to be here on the radio show
1: <laughs> on the radio show on the other side I have to tell our audience, Lauren, that you are one of the best decisions we ever made when we hired you for Finding Your Bliss. You never say no. You're up for everything, even doing little video reports and TikToks for the Bliss Minute Instagram page, and you are an absolute delight. Can you describe what you do for the magazine and the newsletter in Finding Your Bliss?
5: Yeah, so... Um, when I started back in June, I kind of I didn't really understand fully what my role was going to be at Finding your Bliss. I just knew that it was a group of really wonderful women, and I was really excited to be a part of that. But it's kind of my role has kind of transformed over the past few months. So I started out as an editorial assistant, and I was just helping Meg Ruffman, who is the absolute best, as Judy knows. Um, yes. I was helping her. <laughs> with the magazine. And then I kind of took it on by myself. So every week I contact with writers and I edit the articles and I send it off to our web developer and he puts it all up. He does an amazing job. And with the newsletter, that's kind of a new thing at Finding Your Bliss, but it's really, really exciting. And it's really catching some heat right now, where we kind of just with any of the new guests or and the article that's coming out, we put it all into the newsletter. There's exclusive giveaways on the newsletter, which is really cool. And it's just a really fun time. And I love my job and I'm so blessed. So, yeah.
1: Well, we absolutely love having you. And what's so cool about you is that you do so many things. You also make these gorgeous crocheted bikinis and tops. And you have the coolest crochet business. Can you tell us what inspired you to begin at Lore Crochet? And I'm going to spell that for you. You can all find that on Instagram. It's at L A U R C R. O C H E T. Can you tell us what it's your brainchild? How did that all transpire?
5: Yeah. So Laura Crochet was a quarantine baby. It all began as soon as COVID hit and I was in need of a hobby. Suddenly I was no longer working downtown. I was out of school. I was just doing school online. And I was very, very bored compared to my usual normal, like busy life. So I began crocheting. I researched on YouTube everything I needed to. And I got really good, which was I think because I had so much time to myself over quarantine, I just kind of developed the skills. And I had previously knit. So I had kind of the idea down, but not quite. And it was summertime. So I thought people will want to buy bikinis. (laughs) And that was kind of how it was born. And I just kept creating bikinis every single day. And uh, yeah.
1: Is it fun buying the wool and the yarn and choosing like the pretty colors and the the different kinds of things? Like, how do you source it all? Like, that's so fun.
5: It is really fun. I never thought it would be fun. And most people wouldn't consider it something to be very fun. But going to a yarn store is one of my favorite hobbies. And just seeing all the different balls of yarn that I can choose from and playing with different textures is really exciting. And finding new brands, it's it's all really fun for me.
1: That's so great. What is your advice for people who are entrepreneurs at any age? And what is your advice for people who are entrepreneurs at any age and people who might be listening who want to start a creative business of their own?
5: I think the number one thing is that nobody, everybody's really busy. And one thing I had to learn while I was developing this little baby of mine was that you actually have to devote a lot of time. So if you're serious about, a project or a new business or anything is that you have to devote some time. So whether it's laying out your different priorities in the day, um, I just think what, what it comes down to is finding the time for it.
1: Absolutely. You wear so many hats at finding your bliss and at narcity at your social media job, and as an entrepreneur doing this wonderful crochet business. How do you balance it all and make it all look so effortless? You have this effortless grace when you do everything. How do you achieve that?
5: Ooh, I don't know if I have an effortless grace, but I really appreciate you saying that. I have to keep myself very organized and I've traditionally never been a very organized person. Um, Google calendar is my best friend. So just like literally slotting out time for when I have bliss or when I have my full-time job and trying to organize every week by what I have going on. So not every week's going to be the same. I balance it all by keeping myself on a leash, I think. So I use a lot of calendars to keep myself organized. But when it comes to crochet, I kind of, before I get it, or when I get an order and before I start working on it, I'll plot out when I'd like to have it done by. And when I know I'll actually have it done by. And then I slide those kind of things in with finding your bliss and with my full-time job. And that's how I keep myself organized, but it's never pretty. And every week it changes.
1: (laughs) You always make it look so easy and so great in doing my research about you, Lauren, I discovered in the virtual green room, actually, that you also used to model and that you were an actress. I'm not surprised actually. What are your best memories of acting and what do you love about acting?
5: Oh, I think my best memory of acting actually doesn't have to do with acting, but it was a makeup. It was one of my first ever headshot days and I met a makeup artist and I never was, I was just getting fresh into the industry. So I'd never really met anybody and he had asked me questions. He was saying, well, what kind of hair color would you like? And I said, well, I want to be blonde. And he said, "What huh. kind of, eye color would you like? And I said, I wanna have blue eyes. (laughs) And he was he was one of the first people that gave me advice that it really stuck in my brain. And he said to me, Everybody wants what they can't have. And now that seems like a very generic quote, but to a little seven year old girl, I was like, this, yeah. And from that point forward, every time I did any modeling or acting gig, I just kept that in my brain. Um so that was one of my fondest memories and one of ones that stuck out most to me.
1: That's amazing. What do you love about acting? Cause I know that you have this monologue, Joe from little women. Do you mm-hmm. remember the first few lines of it?
5: Oh gosh. I don't know the first few lines of it. Um, but I think that Joe is a really important character, especially in that time period and in little women, because she was kind of the, like the hardcore one of the group. And I just really enjoyed that, especially in like such a historic book So that's kind of why I gravitated towards it because I'm not really a hardcore girl. So I wanted, I wanted to portray that, but what (laughs) I love about acting and what I loved about acting, I should say was that it allowed me to be somebody that I wasn't, but not in the way that I didn't, I wasn't confident in myself. I just found it really, really fun. And I thought that people were paying attention to me and I really enjoyed the, I don't want to say attention, but like the attention of it, because it was really exciting for me as a kid.
1: Absolutely, I I, I so get it, and I it's so interesting. And one day we're going to do a life coaching session on the air, even though I'm scared to do it because I, I don't want to lose you as our favorite editor. But I do want you to have your bliss, so we'll have to talk about that in the future. I also know that you love to read, so what are you reading these days? And do you have any great book recommendations for our listeners?
5: Oh yeah. Uh, Right now, I'm reading a book called The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. And what it's about is a young girl in 16th century France. And she is about to get married and she hates the guy. And all she ever wants is just to be free. So she ends up going into the forest. She runs away from her wedding. She runs into the forest. And she starts wishing upon... She starts pouring out her wishes and all of a sudden a man appears and he grants her her wish to be free. Wow. All of a sudden her life is turned upside down and not to spoil it, but she has to live a completely different life. And it's, and it kind of flashes back and forth between 2014 New York city and like the 16th century France. So it's, it's really good that way. Uh, and I can't put it down. So that's one of my book records.
1: Oh, it sounds amazing. Give us the title one more time. It's called the invisible life of Addie LaRue. Oh, Sounds so good. I'm hoping after my two interviews today, maybe I can go check that book out. It sounds amazing. I know you always love to reach out to people that want to write for our magazine, findingyourbliss.com. What is the best way for people who are listening now to pitch stories to us? You're the editor of Finding Your Bliss magazine. What is the best way for people to do it?
5: The best way for people to do it is just to email me with an idea or or tell me your hobby or tell me your passion because we love to hear it. And even if you don't have a specific story in mind, if you just give me your passion, I can help you create one of the best stories you'll probably ever write because when you come from your heart, writing becomes really easy. So yeah, if you contact Lauren at Finding Your Bliss, I'll be able to set you up.
1: Amazing. That's Lauren, L-A-U-R-E-N at findingyourbliss.com. Thank you for that. What is bliss for Lauren Kaminsky?
5: Oh, I know you ask this every time, but I've never really thought about it for myself. Um, But I think for me, bliss is being in bed on a nice Sunday morning with a cup of coffee and cartoons on and having no plans for the day. That's my bliss. That's my happy days. (laughs)
1: That sounds like that sounds so great. What is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media in many ways, but also to, of course, maybe order one of your beautiful crochet tops or bikinis?
5: The best way for people to contact me would be probably through Instagram. So my Instagram is at Laura Crochet, L A U R C R O C H E T. And my personal Instagram, you can feel free free to follow me on there. It's at Laura, L-A-U-R and Kaminsky, K-A-M-I-N-S-K-I.
1: So what was it like to be on the other side of the mic today on the, on the Finding Your Bliss radio side, usually on the editorial side, but it's been really fun to talk to you in this way.
5: I know. I'm, uh, I'm kind of losing my mind. I, I've never seen you guys <laughs> actually do one of these interviews. <laughs> um, so yeah, being on the side is really neat. I loved it.
1: Well, you're a natural. You're terrific at it. I want to thank you so much, Lauren Kaminsky, for being on the show today. It was really great having you here.
5: Thank you, Judy. It was amazing.
1: We're going to go on a short commercial break. More with Finding Your Bliss and our singer-songwriter, Julia Simon, when we come back. Back in a moment. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. And we're joined now by Julia Simon. Julia Simon is a local Toronto-based singer, songwriter, performer and teacher. She went to the Etobicoke School of the Arts for Music Theatre and graduated with honours. She is best known for playing multiple leads in productions from Gabriella in High School Musical to Sophie in Mamma Mia, and she currently teaches voice to children and also runs an online music theatre camp during holiday breaks. When she's not teaching, she can be found writing her own songs and working on an original musical. She is also part of Toronto's largest a cappella choir, Sound Crowd, And she has gotten to perform at Scotiabank Arena, the Opera House. She has opened for D Capella, as well as working with such people as Cadence, Deke Sharon, and Mika Barnes. She's also known for performing with runner up X Factor USA contestant, Carly Rose Sonnenclair at the 2015 ICRF Presents Gala. And I was there. And I remember how amazing Julia was. Julia is also a regular on my favorite part of the week. And that's Ellen Schwartz's Jake's Sunday Zoom Jam, where I get to see her most Sundays. Julia, welcome to Finding Your Bliss.
3: Thank you, Judy, for having me. And
1: I have to tell you, you look beautiful. And so our, you. our listeners can't see this, of course, maybe in some of the sneak peek videos, but you are looking absolutely beautiful today and ready for the stage. And here we are. That, and that that's what's about to yes. happen. <laughs> So, Julia, I do remember that wonderful ICRF event with X Factor winner Carly Rose, Son, and Claire. And you did a duet together. And I remember thinking at the time, this girl can sing. And when I say this girl, I'm talking about you. What are your memories of that evening?
3: Oh, boy. That was quite the most, I think one of the more nerve wracking moments of my life, but so fun. Like she was so nice in her email. She gave me so many different corrections. Like she doesn't sing here. She has to do here. But oh my God, was it ever fun to sing with her? Like it was like, oh my God, I'm singing with an idol. Oh my God, this is so crazy. Like everybody was so nice backstage. It felt like I was just doing a little, you know, and I went back there a few years later to honor, um, oh God, who was it? Um the one who started the handmaids tale. Oh, Margaret Atwood? Margaret Atwood? Margaret Atwood with yes. my with with my choir. It was we all got to <gasps> sing hallelujah together. And oh. It was really cool. Wow.
1: It
3: was beautiful.
1: That is so incredible. I think you just like to sing. I think in any way shape or form you were born to sing. Yeah. Yeah. And I often see you on Sunday afternoons on Jake's Jam. And I've even seen you do some duets with my daughter, Lily, that are quite wonderful. And I'm always so impressed by your voice. What do you love about singing on Jake's Jam?
3: I love that I'm doing it not for... It's not for money. Like, I, I, I never say, like, I never want to sing for money. Like, I never really want that. I want to sing for the joy of, like, bringing it to people and connecting with people. I do a lot of shows on my porch. Whenever the weather gets warm, I jump on my porch and I invite people from Jake's Jam. And we just sing to the, whoever, will come and, whoever will come and listen to me at this point.
1: That's so fantastic. Well, I know you're going to be singing a song today for all of us. And I'm so happy about that called Fade Into You. Can you set it up for us? What made you choose this song?
3: I think when I was working with a man named Mika Barnes, he told me I really have a knack for country music. So of course, my first step was to watch the entire show of Nashville. And I was like, this is great. Because, you know, I I didn't think of Reba McEntire. I didn't think of like Dolly Parton at this point yet. But I listened to this song and I just said, it just has to be done. It has to be done and it must be done by me.
1: That's so great. Well, I can't wait for our listeners to hear this in a moment, but I just have to say something I just noticed listening very intensely to you talking. You have a wonderful speaking voice as well. Like, you know, when a voice is great, it it traverses everything, right? It's, It's a great speaking voice, a great singing voice. Well, guys, you're in for a real treat. Let's all have a listen to Fade Into You by Julia Simon. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Wow, Julia, that was so beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) That was lovely. What is bliss for Julia Simon?
3: I think connecting with others, no matter if it's singing or teaching or even playing around with my dog outside, like it's just being around people. And I think I don't probably like others now don't take time for myself, usually a lot or don't give myself enough self-care. But doing stuff like Jake's Jam is basically self-care in my, my opinion.
1: Absolutely. I would have to agree with that. What is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media?
3: You can find me on Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube.
1: And what I'm is your handle? You. What is your handle I'm, on all of those?
3: I'm Julia Sings, uh 8421 on uh, Instagram. On Facebook, you can just look up Julia on Facebook. Just look up Julia Simon. Also on YouTube. I have Twitter. I don't use it as much. I probably should. Um, but yeah.
1: Do you have a goal that you would love to achieve when it comes to your singing and your musical career?
3: I think I'd like to finally perform my my own musical. I'd love to be able to, like, stand on the stage and say, yep, I did it. Those are my original songs. That's my original ideas. That's just getting back on stage no matter what it is. Which That's is so what great. I'm really looking forward to again. So when that
1: happens, will you come back on the show and tell us all about it?
3: Yes, of course.
1: Awesome. That sounds great. I want to thank you so much, Julia Simon, for being on the show today. It was just a pleasure having you here.
3: Thank you for having me.
1: Each week we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And if you're an author, artist, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or anyone who is found and is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at fyb at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, let me know. You can reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. Also, I'm on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. And all you have to do is search up Judy Liebrach. And of course, you can follow us at the Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I want to thank all of our wonderful guests for being on the show today. First, a big thank you to Dana Gill, and of course to Taylor as well, Dana's daughter. And a big thank you as well to Lauren Kaminsky and as well to our singer-songwriter, Julia Simon. And as always, a big thank you to Meg Ruffman, Siobhan Kylie, Shelley Koskinen, Beatrice Pardal and Lauren Kaminsky, who today is uh, not only on the show, but she is also uh, she is also part of the behind the scenes at Finding Your Bliss. And as well, a big thank you to Faz Causey and everyone here at Zoomer. And as always, a huge thank you to the Create Fertility Center. We started off the show today by talking about the beautiful book written by Dana Geel called See Me For Me. And it really inspires everyone to end the stigma around disability. About five years ago, the Holland Bloorview Kids Rehabilitation Hospital of Toronto launched a national public awareness campaign dedicated to breaking down disability stereotypes and forcing all Canadians to re-examine their prejudices. The campaign, called Dear Everybody, was created to allow kids who face medical issues to let the world know that they are not defined by their disabilities. Some of the messages of this campaign were, talking to someone with a disability like they're a baby is rude, holding a door can change someone's day, and mostly that many kids with physical disabilities experience stares, whispers, and all people want is to be treated like everyone else. There's a wonderful website called deareverybody.ca that includes tips for parents to ensure their kids have inclusive friendships. There are also tips for teachers or anyone who wants to help change the stigmas around disabilities. One of the messages in the Dear Everyone campaign is this, Dear Everybody, if someone's voice is hard for you to understand, talk to them more. You'll get better at it. I love this quote by Christopher Reeve. A hero is an ordinary individual who finds strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. Hundreds of thousands of people in Canada live with a disability of some kind. But what often holds them back from leading full lives isn't their disability. It's the discrimination they face. The human spirit is one of ability, perseverance, and courage that no disability can steal away. In the beautiful words of Helen Keller, optimism is the faith that leads to achievement. Nothing can be done without hope and confidence. For everyone here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to eliminate stigma and discrimination and to just be aware of your attitude and behavior. Always be compassionate and inclusive and take one step closer.